Who do I think is on pace to make the opening day roster for the Minnesota Twins? Coming up on today's episode of Lockdown Twins. You are Locked On Twins. Your daily Minnesota Twins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And welcome to the Lockdown Minnesota Twins podcast. Today is Wednesday, March 23rd, but you're listening to this on Thursday, March 24th, or later, and wherever you're listening, thank you. I'm your gracious host, Nash Walker. I've been hosting this podcast for over two years, been writing at twinsdaily.com for over two years. I do a ton of video, do a ton of audio, do a ton of writing, and I live, breathe, sleep, eat the Minnesota Twins. I did it through the COVID shutdown. I did it through a last place season. I did it through the lockout. And we are approaching 550 episodes as me with me as your host of Lockdown Twins. So thank you so much for tuning in today. Thank you for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. You're probably thinking, Nash, this is your second episode today. Man, I'm excited for the season. And I, when I tell you I live, breathe, sleep, eat Minnesota Twins, I mean it. Like huge part of my life on a daily basis. Not just the podcast, not just the writing, but my thought process, thinking about this roster. And thinking about how they can get better. And that's been the thought all offseason, how they might get better. And it's so fascinating to think about what they might actually do. Not what they should do. That's mixed in with what they should actually do. So I want to, today, we're two weeks away from opening day. Crazy. Two weeks away from the Twins opening their season at home against the Seattle Mariners at Target Field. Uh, Carlos Correa will be playing, barring, fingers crossed, unforeseen health challenges. Carlos Correa will be on the field hate that I even said that, knock on wood, terrible. We're going to look at a roster projection. And so what we're going to do is today we're going to look at roster projection 1.0. Next Thursday we'll look at roster projection 2.0. And then before opening day, so the Wednesday after or Thursday morning of opening day, I probably will want to do an opening day game recap, we'll have roster final roster projection. And I, I assume and I believe and I wholeheartedly hope that this roster looks different on that Wednesday. April 6th than it does today on March 23rd. And I think it will. So I'm, I'm hopeful it will. I think it will. Let's dive into it. Roster projection 1.0. I'm going to walk you through my picks. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. If you're not, I will explain to you. So don't worry if you're listening on a podcast format. I know a lot of you have listened uh, podcast format forever and you don't want to switch to YouTube. I get it. But if you want to have more of a video interaction, you can you can uh, watch on YouTube, Lockdown Twins, subscribe to the channel. Helps me a ton. Click the like button, comment. Thank you for always doing that for me. I appreciate it. At catcher, Gary Sanchez, Ryan Jeffers is the battery going into the season. Was not sure when Gary Sanchez, when the Twins traded Josh Donaldson, returned Gio Rochella, Gary Sanchez from the Yankees. Wasn't sure if Sanchez was going to stay on this roster. At this point, he is on the roster. So this is the battery, and they've made it clear that this is going to be the battery. I don't know how much Urshela, or excuse me, Sanchez is going to catch this year. I assume he catches a decent amount. But you will notice that my extra player is Jose Godoy, who they picked up off waivers, a left-handed hitting catcher, um, who I think will probably make the team as well. So an important wrinkle in this, 28 players expected. It's an expanded roster for opening day. So 28 instead of 26. That definitely impacts the Twins roster construction, and, and we're, we're adjusting for it. Gary Sanchez, Ryan Jeffers. I expect both of them to be in the lineup against lefties, potentially against most lefties. I think that's what the plan was with Mitch Garver and Ryan Jeffers. Gary Sanchez just steps right into the Mitch Garver role. He'll probably catch less. 
I think Jeffers catches more games, but I don't necessarily think Sanchez is going to get less at-bats than Garver would have this year. I think Garver was going to DH quite a bit. I think Jeffers was going to DH quite a bit, especially against left-handed pitching. We know Jeffers was pretty good against lefties last year, was not good against right-handed pitching, so I expect Jeffers to get more looks against lefties. Sanchez is going to play against both. Jeffers is going to play against both. I think they'll both play a lot. Miguel Sano at first, Jorge Polanco at second, Nick Gordon at second. So you'll notice I have backups in here, and I want to talk about the depth of this team too. So it was a question. Miguel Sano, would he be on this roster? Going into opening day, looks like he will be. So Miguel Sano is going to get maybe one more chance with the Twins this year as a club option for next year. This could be his final ride in a Twins uniform. It is a big season for Miguel Sano. It's a critical season, maybe more than any other twin for Miguel Sano. So very important. He is their first baseman, entrenched at first base, at least for right now. I think Alex Kirilov will be their first baseman in the future. Whether Miguel Sano fits into their plans, I think how he performs this year will dictate that on a lot of fronts. But he'll be a free agent most likely after this year if it doesn't go well. Uh, Polanco and Gordon, twins are set at second with Jorge Polanco. Uh, amazing. Such a beacon of, of light last year and such a terrible season. Jorge Polanco showed up, showed out, drove in almost 100 runs, hit 33 homers. OPS was 830, I think, and hit for a high average, played a ton, played a strong second base, was clutch, one of the most clutch hitters in baseball last year. Jorge Polanco is coming off a truly terrific season. I expect him to have another really nice year. Now two years removed from that ankle problem. I think Jorge Polanco is going to have a nice season for the Twins. Nick Gordon in a backup role, I think, provides a nice spark for them. I do off the bench. Uh, hopefully he makes the team. I hope for Nick Gordon's sake he makes the team. Whether he remains in that utility role, I don't know. But I think enough bat-to-ball skills, enough power, I think, to stick, enough defensive versatility, we'll see. I think right now he does project to make this team. Carlos Correa at shortstop. I mean, this has changed more than any other spot this entire offseason. There was an empty spot at shortstop. It is now filled with Carlos Correa. And you can just tell. You go from Polanco to Correa. It just feels so much better than Polanco to an empty space, right? Uh, third base, Gio Urshela, Luis Arise. That's a change, obviously, from the last two years where Josh Donaldson was at third. I expect Gio and Luis Arise to platoon. I talked about that on an episode last week after the Twins acquired Urshela. I think he will platoon, hit against left-handed pitching. I think Luis Arise will start at third against right-handed pitching. I think Arise will DH some. I think Urshela may DH some. So it's going to be mixing and matching for Rocco Baldelli. I think that's how he likes it. He likes to play those matchups. And certainly this year, with no Donaldson, gives him more of an opportunity to do that. And Ted Schwarzler pointed this out, a good point, the other day with us on the podcast. Urshela is easier to move off third than Donaldson was because Donaldson's a better player and because Donaldson's contract and he's locked in at third base. So when he's healthy, he's either at third or DH. And when he's healthy, he should be playing third, especially for the salary he was making. So Urshela arrives at third. Let's get to the outfield after this word from Bet Online. Man, Sweet 16 basketball. It's that time of year as college basketball's tournament is finally upon us from all the latest odds, contests, and player props. BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online is where the game starts. Thank you so much, Bet Online. It is a great interface, now available in a great mobile format. You can go to betonline.net. They have you covered more than just basketball, but March Madness, really, this is like the most wonderful time of the year. Two weeks away from opening day. Go to betonline.net. Uh, thank you so much, Bet Online, for your support. 
Want to thank you again for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. Would suggest you make your next listen Lockdown MLB Prospects. Host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Right back into it, man. I'm moving over. Right back into it. Alex Kirloff is going to be your starting left fielder, I believe. Alex Kirloff. In center, Byron Buxton. In right field, Max Kepler. This has the potential to be a very good outfield, not only offensively, but defensively. I have Brent Rooker as a left fielder on here, 27 years old. This is like Miguel Sano. It's a make or break year for him in a lot of ways. I think he's going to make the team as the fourth outfielder. Could be Kyle Garlick, but I think Brent Rooker is going to be given that opportunity potentially out of the gate. It's a big season for Brent. Absolutely. Extra, I mentioned Jose Godoy, extra catcher. And then into the rotation. And this is where you're going to see the holes. I think on the position player front, they're looking really, really solid. I, I really like where they're looking. I think they have a lot of opportunity, like I said, to mix and match this, this lineup. And I think they have the potential to score a ton of runs this year. Will the pitching give them a chance? You tell me. Sonny Gray in the first spot. Joe Ryan in the two. I have Josh Winder making the opening day rotation. Maybe a bit of an overreaction after he pitched so well today against the Red Sox. Uh, I thought he pitched very well. Looked sharp against a Red Sox lineup that was filled with regulars. J.D. Martinez struck out swinging on a slider. You get Rafael Devers, Andrew Bogarts, they were in the lineup. Kike Hernandez, they all played today, and I thought Winder pitched uh, pitched very well in two innings. Struck out three, gave up a couple of hits and a walk, but overall, really nice outing. And at this point, I would prefer Josh Winder on the opening day roster over Lewis Thorpe. I don't know why that would even be debatable at this point. Uh, Bailey Ober, Dylan Bundy. So Gray, Ryan, Winder, Ober, Bundy. Clearly, they need someone else. Clearly, they have to, they have to add somebody else. Now, do I think there's a chance Josh Winder emerges as a true number three this year? I, I'm really high on Josh Winder. I think that's possible. Do I think Bailey Ober can follow up a really nice second half with a, another strong full season? I do. Do I think Joe Ryan, the five starts he made, do I think they were legit? I think they could be. And I think he could also emerge as a mid-rotation starter. Do I think Dylan Bundy could bounce back? Yes. Do I think Sonny Gray could be a high-end number two, low-end number one for 180 innings? I do. But with all that being said, it's leaving too much up to chance in that in that scenario. And they don't have the depth. They just don't have the rotation depth. You're looking at a rotation with Josh Winder, who's never started a major league game. Joe Ryan, who started five. Bailey Ober, who started like 12 and pitched 92 innings in the big leagues. Dylan Bundy had a six-plus ERA last year. Way too much uncertainty in the rotation. So got to change this. Got to add to this. You have to before opening day. If they don't, that's a, that's a big-time failure because they didn't fill a hole that was so obvious uh, which would be a second frontline starter and preferably another four or five. And they didn't, they haven't added either of those outside of Sonny Gray. And, and they needed two frontline starters and another pitcher. They added only Gray and, and Bundy. They actually, I'm sorry, they needed two frontline starters and two fours or fives, basically, in my estimation, to be like have a competitive rotation. They've only added Gray and Bundy. So they added one frontline starter and they added a number five. They need to add like a four or five, like a Johnny Cueto, and then a frontline starter like Frankie Montas, like Luis Castillo, like Trevor Malley, Tyler Malley, anybody else who can fill that role uh, and is available. In the bullpen, this is going to be interesting. I, I think this is interesting, and I have come around to the idea and the assumption almost. I think they're planning for Yuan to make the opening day roster out of the bullpen. I think it's awesome. I think it's the right move. I think he should make the team out of, out of spring training. For those who don't know, Yuan has been a twin stop prospect ever since they traded Eduardo Escobar to the Diamondbacks in 2018, got Duran back. He throws 100 with the fastball. When he's commanding the ball, super tough 
super tough. And I think right now he can get major league hitters out. He's not a spring chicken. I think he's 24. He pitched a little bit at AAA last year, had an elbow injury, not a ton of innings on his arm. But if you're trying to get him back and get him ramped up, why not have those innings be at the major league level? And I think he's he has a chance to make this bullpen because they need another fire-breathing righty for sure. So Taylor Rogers, Tyler Duffy, high leverage, lefty-righty. It's been the same for three years. Jorge Alcala, Yohan Duran, Caleb Theobar, Joe Smith, Giovanni Moran, Jarrell Cotton. I think this bullpen has some has a chance to be good. I think it has a chance uh, for some real upside in Alcala and Duran specifically. I think if Tyler Duffy can bounce back, get his fastball up to 94-95 again, he has a chance to have a bounce back season. And Taylor Rogers has looked great in spring training, which mo- usually doesn't mean anything. But for him, coming off the finger injury definitely means something. If Raj puts together the season we know he can, if Tyler Duffy bounces back and is 2019-2020 is Tyler Duffy again, for a full season. He was in the second half last year, but the peripherals weren't great. If he could get his fastball velocity back up, command the ball a little bit better. And then Alcala and Duran, I think, can both break out, certainly. Caleb Theobar has been awesome for the Twins as a second lefty. Giovanni Moran, I think, could pitch larger stints out of the bullpen. I think he could start some games for the Twins. Joe Smith is a nice veteran. They added sixth inning guy, pitched a ton of games in the majors, sidewinder, can get righties out. And then Jarrell Cotton, uh, who they added off waivers, I think is another nice, potentially higher upside play here in the bullpen. So it's not as bad as it looks because Duran's added. If you take out Duran and you put in like Stashak, it looks a lot different. But because I'm so high on you on Duran, because I think he really can reach that ceiling and reach it quickly out of the bullpen, I like how it looks right now because I'm also a believer in Jorge Alcala's last month or two where he was just dominant. He was dominant. And if he can translate that into this season, Yohan Duran can put it together, and Duffy and Rogers are solid. That's a great back end, and you have Theobar, and you have Moran's potential with that changeup, and you have Joe Smith for depth. Jarrell Cotton, I think, can add depth. They have um, Juan Manaya as well in the minors, who pitched well last year for them. Could be a ninth, tenth option. So I think this bullpen's better than it looks. I think that it's been a little bit overstated, and sometimes bullpens look great on paper, and they don't end up being great. Sometimes bullpens look shaky on paper, and they end up, looking awesome during the season and the Rays are a great example they do it every single year the twins did it in 2019 especially in the second half didn't look like a great group Tyler Duffy didn't even make I don't think he made the team if he made the team he wasn't there very long and all of a sudden was dominant in the second half Trevor May was awesome you had Taylor Rogers of course but outside of Rogers not a lot of name recognition there and that bullpen was awesome in the second half so I'm not sold out on this bullpen I I think they can I think they can do a fine job this year. Again, giving the offense a chance, giving the rotation a chance uh, to compete. Two more extras. So this adds up to 28. Devin Smeltzer, who's looked pretty good. He's healthy. He's back. I think he could piggyback. And then Chichi Gonzalez. When I say piggyback, and I think this is a possibility, especially with the shortened spring training, with guys coming off years, especially the Twins, where they didn't throw very many innings, especially Bailey Ober, you know, even Sonny Gray and Joe Ryan and, and Winder was hurt last year. And Dylan Bundy was hurt last year. Piggybacking is... You put out Joe Ryan for four, 60 pitches, and then Devin Smeltzer comes in and, and throws a couple innings as well, and then you go to the bullpen. Instead of Joe Ryan going six to the bullpen, you have Ryan on a shorter leash, and then you go to Smeltzer. And no matter how well Ryan's doing, you keep him to that, and you piggyback Smeltzer with him. And the reason you would piggyback someone like Smeltzer with Joe Ryan is because Ryan's a right-hander, and Smeltzer's a left-hander, and it gives you different looks, which I think is always a good thing. So... I think they could piggyback. 
That's another reason I love you, Andron, for the opening day roster. I think he could piggyback really nicely with some twin starters. If you piggyback Yoanderon with Dylan Bundy, who throws soft 89, 90, 91 with the fastball, slider heavy, and then you bring out Duran for a couple innings, who throws 100, it's a really nice change of pace. Duran's a big, big body on the mound. I think you could go Ryan to Duran. I think you could go you know, Bundy Duran. I think you could go over to Duran. I think you could go Sonny Gray to Duran. I think you can do all of those different things. It gives you that opportunity with expanded rosters. And let me tell you right now, I would be shocked if the Twins didn't at least a little bit take advantage of that early in the season. That's only for the first month, and it goes back down to 26, I think May 1st or May 5th or something like that. But I think they're going to take advantage of it. So one last look at the opening day roster. You have Sanchez, Jeffers, Sano, Polanco, Gordon, Correa, Urshela, Arise, Kirilov, Rooker, Buxton, Kepler, Jose Godoy, Sonny Gray, Joe Ryan, Josh Winder, Bailey Ober, Dylan Bundy, Rogers, Duffy, Alcala, Duran, Caleb Theobar, Joe Smith, Giovanni Moran, Jarrell Cotton, Devin Smeltzer, and Chichi Gonzalez. You will notice Jose Miranda, not on the opening day roster. Um, find a spot for him. Uh, would love for you to tell me where he fits in on there, maybe in Nick Gordon's spot. I'm not saying he doesn't fit, but let me know what you think because I don't I don't see like a super clear spot for him right out, right out of camp. And I also think there's still a chance the Twins deal from that glut at third base of Urshela, Martin, Lewis, Miranda. Some of them won't be third basemen, but I think they'll all be able to play third base. And the Twins might see that as, as the case. Let me know what you think in the comments. Shoot me a like, subscribe. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Twins your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Lockdown MLB. Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the major leagues past and present. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Thanks again for listening. We're back to five episodes a week. Can't wait. Join me for what should be a very entertaining season, if not successful, for the Twins. But we'll see. A lot of work to do. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great day and go Twins.